Hi, welcome to the One to One Thing podcast. My name is Steve Wright, a seasoned IT manager and personal development coach, unpacking what it takes to have a meaningful one-to-one conversation at work, home, and in our head. We all live lives full of conversations that range from awkward to impossible. Join me as we learn to navigate the one-to-one thing. Hi, and welcome to the One to One Thing podcast. In this episode, we're covering the third and final part of our coaching methodology. We started the journey with the three P's of possibilities, purpose, and people. And we looked at what's possible for us, why it is of value, and how it relates to other people. We learned the importance of dreaming big and the ability to articulate to ourselves and to others. Then in the second part, we moved on to the three D's of discover, develop, and dedicate. We put some practical actions to the possibilities we articulated. We discovered the qualities and strengths needed for our dreams or goals and our current reality in relation to them. We developed a plan of action and made sure we had the capacity to dedicate resources to both the action and the process. Dedication to the process is important as the actions can change. So in this episode, we close the loop on the methodology where the end process is the beginning of the next one. We're going to look at the three I's, implement, investigate, and iterate. This is where the rubber meets the road. Without these three I's, nothing starts and nothing changes. The first I is to implement. This is the doing. For me, this is often the hardest part. Implementing requires us to take the actions we agreed to. It also requires us to follow the process we agreed to as well. The first part is hard enough. Taking action means showing up to make a difference. It's putting yourself out there. Your actions will have an impact. That's why you decided to take them. I remember my parents teaching me that actions have consequences. This is no different. The key is that we're taking the actions for consequences we desire. If we have done the work in our three P's and three D's, implementing the action is less challenging. The actions we take to make a difference usually occur on the edge of our comfort zone. This is our growth zone. The action has enough certainty that we can entertain doing it, but also has enough variety or uncertainty to make us grow or stretch our capabilities. Like I said, implementation for me can be quite hard. I'm a perfectionist and procrastinator. The need to get something just right is often enough for me not to start when I should or overthink or over-engineer the solution. In some way, this ties into a fear of success and a fear of failure at the same time. Doing it well could lead to unwanted attention or more actions that you are unwilling or unable to do. Failing can bring about unwanted attention too, resulting in a negative impact. Dealing with my procrastination may be a topic for another podcast. There are definitely some strategies out there that are useful and can help, Drop me a line if you'd like to know more. All of this to say that the best action is the one that you take. The second part of implementation is to implement the process. I often feel this part is overlooked or underestimated. For me personally, this is something that I can always get better at. When we play down the process in favour of the actions that we take, we lose the power to systematise the things that help us take the actions. Implementing a process could be as simple as setting up a cadence for one-to-one meetings or scheduling time in our calendars for review, reflection or deep work. 
A process could also involve working with company policies and procedures, standards and compliance, or reporting tools and applications. Developing a plan that factors in the context or environment your action takes place in will go a long way to reducing the friction of implementing the action. A personal example of implementing a process that helped me take action is my Mood Tracker Habit Tracker app. The action I was taking was to journal daily. I had used paper-based bullet journals and enjoyed the process of writing something in a book each day. I found there was friction in the process due to the physical book. I was having to create the layout each week in the journal and it wasn't easy to find previous entries. The book had to be with me whenever I wanted to make an entry and that wasn't always convenient. An app on my phone was an obvious answer but it had to be just for journaling, mood and habit tracking. A single purpose app gave me the separation from other tasks on my phone. The structured layout that I could customise made the process easy to implement. I've been mood tracking journaling for over 400 days straight. The process is in place and I've used the app to track other actions I would like to develop habits for alongside journaling. Implementing a process that supports more than one action is going to be useful. A process doesn't have to be based on an action. Neither does an action have to be based on a process. They should help and inform each other. The next I is investigate. The goal here is to take this word at its dictionary definition, to track or trace out. The term investigate in our modern society is often associated with wrongdoing, finding fault and blame. Nobody likes to be investigated. Scientists and researchers investigate all the time and their investigation gives value to their findings. We want to investigate like a researcher. We want to track or trace out the value of our actions and processes. Our journey to an outcome or goal is not going to be straight or obstacle free. We want to stay informed of our progress and the need for any course correction along the way. Situations may require us to be resilient and adaptable, with the ability to bounce back from adversity or the capacity to choose a different course to get to the same outcome. Investigation usually has its own method or process to give us a clear picture of what's happening. It works best when the information gathered is accurate, timely and actionable. We need to be accurate in what we are tracking at a level of precision that is helpful. Measuring a week-long activity to the second might be overkill, especially if it takes up extra resources to be that precise. Timeliness is also key. Information received too late to be useful is not going to help. Understanding where time sensitivity matters is important. Weekly feedback that takes a month to collect is going to impact the actions and processes we use going forward. The purpose of investigation is to create actionable steps to support or adjust the journey towards an outcome or goal. We live in a data-rich society, yet we are often starved of information that we can act on. Getting the balance right on accuracy, timeliness and accountability is as much an art as a skill. This might all sound very technical in nature, but the process applies to all aspects of the coaching interaction. The inability to articulate a goal may lead to inaccuracies in tracking it. Perfectionist tendencies can show up as missed deadlines or tasks with the fear of failure or fear of success being the culprits. Underdeveloped plans of actions may sound appealing 
but end up not being actionable as they lack the dedication to follow through. Investigation can be scaled to whatever scope is needed to get the job done, which is the third I, iterate. The word literally means again. This is not a do-over, but a do-again. In mathematics and computer science, it is the process of repeating the use of a procedure on the result from the last time it was applied. So in this case, we are taking what was learned from the process and doing it again, knowing what we know. This is a powerful process and differs from the do-over in that it is using the results from the last time to inform what is done differently this time. Having a process that can learn from iteration is one of the basic building blocks for computer science and mathematics. It is also a building block for our learning and growth. Having a mindset of the do-again versus the do-over allows us to think of our process with iteration built in rather than hoping we get it right the first time and avoid the do-over. Iteration allows for incremental improvements to be recognized and appreciated. You can set up how you repeat the process to get the outcome that you want. I've worked in companies where the do-over or the do-again can make you feel inadequate or a failure for not getting it right the first time every time. In my perfectionist procrastinator mindset, only one attempt is required and it should take as long as it needs to, to be perfect. This has never happened for me, ever. Perfectionist procrastinators cannot win. If it is done well the first time, there's always a feeling that more could have been achieved with more resources, whether it's time, money or effort. If you have ever reported to someone who thinks goals are a one and done thing, just check the box and move on, or you might even think that way yourself. It might be time to think again. We are people that value growth and contribution in ourselves and in others. We already know that it's uncertain, but it offers us variety and learning. The amount we are willing to enter the growth zone is related to how much we know about and can handle our comfort zone. We handle our comfort zone by iteration, or I like to think of it as informed habits. Our brain loves habits because each iteration reduces the cognitive load or the work the brain has to do. So we are built for iteration. Taking small iterative steps into the great unknown is a lot safer and manageable than a big one with all the risks and pressures associated with it. It's important to emphasize again that iteration is an informed do again. Any learning from the last time must be applied to the next iteration. So that is the three I's of implement, investigate and iterate. It's the final but very important part of the coaching methodology. So in summarizing this episode and the coaching methodology, every component has a foundation in coaching psychology. How we think and feel about something will impact what we do and the results we get. That's no surprise to most and it's expected. What we sow, we reap, etc. Understanding a bit more about how we function and relate to others will allow us to navigate the world with a little more tolerance and grace. We want that for ourselves, so it's a good thing to show to others. We are the common factor in all the places we show up, whether it's work, school, home, socially or intimately. Coaching is about becoming our best selves in every context. I hope you enjoyed the episode and our walkthrough of the coaching methodology.
please feel free to reach out if you have any questions and I look forward to you joining me in the next episode. Thanks for joining me today. Please subscribe and leave a review. You can connect with me on LinkedIn. My details and links are in the show notes.